This is the Affirm America podcast, where we stand up and speak out affirming American excellence. Coming to you deep in the heart of the Midwest, located in an undisclosed log cabin on the outskirts of town, your host, Marquis Vandemark. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Affirm America podcast on this Monday morning, July 25th, 2022. Now we got a cool front coming through this whole week. Lows in the upper 50s and uh, 80s, mid 80s. Very nice, very nice. Good walking weather, good sleeping weather. Hey, thanks for joining us this morning on the Affirm America podcast. I'm your host, Marquise Vandemark. Hey, if you haven't signed up uh, to our podcast, run over to AffirmAmerica.com. You can sign up there. We'll shoot you out an email when a new episode comes out. These are your top five headlines for this week. Let's get started with headline number five. Al Gore equates climate change deniers to Evaldi police officers calls to eliminate filibuster to pass climate bills. From NBC, former Vice President Al Gore compared climate change deniers to law enforcement officers in Evaldi, Texas, to argue that inaction is harming future generations in an interview on NBC. You know, the climate deniers are really in some ways similar to all of those almost 400 law enforcement officers in Evaldi, Texas, who were waiting outside an unlocked door while the children were being massacred. They heard the screams, they heard the gunshots, and nobody stepped forward, said Gore, the environmentalist who was vice president from 1993 to 2001 in the Clinton administration. The New York Post, Gore pointed out the similarity between Congress failing to ban assault weapons with the inability to vote for climate change legislation. The same reason... We can't pass legislation to, for example, reinstate the ban on assault weapons is the same reason that we can't pass climate legislation. We have a minority government. We have the filibuster, still, which ought to be eliminated. We have big money playing much too large a role in our politics, lobbyists for the fossil fuel industry, he said. Okay, so uh, the same stuff coming from the far left, you know, hey, if you can't get bills passed, then just change all the rules. Just go and bust the filibuster. Just get in there and do whatever you can to pass these bills because, hey, we know what's right and you guys don't, and therefore they just throw the Constitution out and don't allow for us to govern by the people. So, uh, and he's really got no couth. I mean, this guy's using uh, a serious tragedy that happened down in Evaldi, Texas, using that to compare it to climate change. I mean, these guys have no, no values, no conscience. They're just driven by their ideology, and Al Gore is one of those individuals. It's icky, another political football that these guys are using to have more control over the American people. All right, headline number four. Steve Bannon found guilty of contempt of court faces jail time. From Yahoo News, shortly before 3 p.m. on Friday, Steve Bannon, the former chief political strategist for President Donald Trump, was found guilty of two counts of criminal contempt stemming from his refusal to cooperate with the Congressional Committee investigating the insurrection at the Capitol on January 6, 2021. 
Leaving the federal courthouse in Washington, D.C., where his trial had been held, Bannon denounced the January 6th committee, which had held a series of high-profile hearings in recent weeks as, quote, gutless, end quote. The committee, for its part, praised Bannon's conviction as a victory for the rule of law. It had asked him to testify about his knowledge of the events on January 6th and to produce documents that could shed light on how the violent riot was organized and planned. Bannon was present at meetings at the Willard Hotel on both January 5th and 6th that investigators say were used to plan the Stop the Steal rally, which turned violent. He refused to do so, setting up a showdown with the federal government that culminated in Friday's verdict. But there was little contrition or reflection from Bannon or his supporters, even as sentencing blooms in late October. Tucker Carlson, Steve Bannon was subpoenaed by the January 6th committee despite the fact he had literally nothing to do with January 6th. We know that because he left the White House three years before it happened. But it didn't matter. He annoyed the wrong people, so he's going to jail. So here you go, two-tier justice system here in America. We got these radical leftists that are running the Congress right now, this show trial, this sham trial, and they're calling Steve Bannon in just because he's rattling the cages and and uh, speaking out and what he feels is his constitutional rights under the Second Amendment of free speech. And because the Democrats don't like what he's saying, well, they're just going to throw him in jail. You know, we have to be very concerned about this, the fact that this is being an abuse of the Constitution. The Democrats are way out of line here with their sham show trial. And Steve Bannon was in their crosshairs, and they're just trying to get him because they want to get Trump, and they don't like the way the America First patriots are, and the populist movement is rising up and threatening their power, threatening their their way of life, their gravy train, the monies that they get from the federal government as they as they are tied into the teat of the gravy train that is the the American government that uh, pays their paychecks, that allows for them to live their lavish lifestyles in D.C. So this is a, a power struggle. It'll be thrown out. There's no way they can break the executive privilege issue that Steve Bannon has with the president. And this is all just show for the Democrats to try to affect the midterms. All right, headline number three, California Governor Newsom runs ads in Texas rebuking Governor Abbott's gun abortion legislation. From the Hill, California Governor Gavin Newsom, Democrat, is running an ad in three Texas newspapers criticizing Texas Governor Greg Abbott, Republican, for his record on guns and abortion. The effort comes after Newsom ran television ads in Florida criticizing that state's GOP governor, Ron DeSantis. The ads have fed suggestions that Newsom could run for president in 2024. The ads in Texas replaced the word abortion with gun violence and Texas with California in an effort to use Abbott's words against him. NBC. But in a telephone interview with NBC News on Thursday, Newsom said Democrats need to start playing hardball. I think Democrats have been playing a little soft, he said. It's absolutely true that I'd much rather follow when they go low, we go high, he said, referring to a favorite line of former First Lady Michelle Obama. But I also think we'd be completely missing the moment we're living in. The doors open. It's now fair play. 
the Supreme Court left the door open. Newsom, who has been on the national radar for years, shot down the speculation and said he wants President Joe Biden to run again in 2024. In no way, shape, or form, this has anything to do with that. Period. Full stop. Add six or seven exclamation points, he told NBC News. Still, he said he thinks national Democrats have been too slow to recognize the threat Republicans represent and too willing to let the other side pick the issues and set the terms of the political debate. Yeah, right. Newsom's, uh, he's lying out his shiny white teeth. I mean, come on, he's running ads in Florida and Texas. He showed up at the White House last week. This guy's running for president in 2024, and he's just lying to the American people, just like all these uh, radical leftist Democrats. They always lie out of their teeth. And this is uh, a, a good example of this guy who's completely ruined one of the most beautiful states in our nation, California, with all of his radical left ideas, all of his... Uh, social justice and equality and all the homeless that are living on the streets in LA. When I lived there, there wasn't nearly as many people on the streets as there are today, especially down in Skid Row and even under the bridges and at the overpasses, you see homeless people now living there. It's just absurd. This guy has wrecked that state. People are fleeing California faster than they can get a U-Haul to get out of there. And this guy thinks he can run the U.S.? No way. American people would never elect this guy. Anybody that can hear my podcast today needs to mark this day and realize that we'll never vote for that California governor to wreck the greatest nation on God's green earth. All right, headline number two. Man who attacked Representative Lee Zeldin Thursday let go due to cashless bail laws and arrested again on Saturday. Fox News, the suspect in the attack of Representative Lee Zeldin, Republican from New York, was arrested Saturday afternoon on a federal assault charge, the U.S. Attorney's Office in the Western District of New York announced. David Yacobonis is scheduled to make his first court appearance before U.S. Magistrate Judge Marion W. Payson Saturday. Zeldin is running for New York governor as a Republican. Jacobonis, 43, of Fairport, New York, has been charged with attempted assault in the second degree on the state level. He was arraigned in Parrington Town Court, released on his own reconnaissance after the Thursday attack, before Jacobonis' release. Zeldin predicted that the suspect would be released. Zeldin has promised to fire district attorneys that do not enforce the law. Mike Gallagher, are you surprised to learn that the would-be attacker assassin was quickly released from jail? The man who tried to stab Lee Zeldin last night with a bladed weapon during a campaign stop was released from jail within hours of his arrest on a felony charge, just as Zeldin had predicted. Lee Zeldin, after being charged with a felony for last night's attack, the man who tried to stab me was instantly released back onto the streets due to New York's insane cashless bail law. We must repeal cashless bail in New York. Yeah, so this Alvin Bragg guy, this uh, prosecutor, this, this, this scumbag in New York who just releases the criminals on this cashless bail law is just absurd. This is why we see crime running rampant in New York City, why they would release someone that tried to stab campaign politician running for the state of governorship in New York. 
and they let him out. It's just insanity. Everything's upside down. The, the criminals are being heralded as heroes, and the victims are being heralded as, as the evil ones. So everything is completely upside down, and New York is a complete mess. We need somebody like Lee Zeldin to get in there and clean this and mop up this mess and make New York a great state that it once was. All right, headline number two. Biden prepares for another $270 million in aid to Ukraine. From The Hill, the Biden administration on Friday rolled out a $270 million security assistance package for Ukraine that includes four more high-mobility artillery rocket systems and hundreds of tactical drones. White House National Security Spokesman John Kirby told reporters that the package includes $175 million in presidential drawdown authority, which allows the Pentagon to send weapons from its own stockpiles. The remaining $95 million will go toward contracting up to 580 Phoenix Ghost unmanned aerial systems under the Ukraine Security Assistance Initiative. The Pentagon first sent the drones in April when it included 121 of as part of an $800 million weapons package. The drones are similar to the Switchblade drone, which is a small, rapidly deployable system that can fly short distances and is difficult to detect. From the Daily Wire, on Friday, the Department of Defense announced that the Biden administration has sent Ukraine more than $8.2 billion in aid since the start of his administration, including $7.3 billion since Russia invaded in late February. So, hey, we all feel for the Ukrainian people. I mean, what Putin is doing is inconscionable. He's a monster. He's insane. He's a dictator. He's ruthless. What can we say about all the tragedies that's going on in Ukraine? It's, it's horrible, where it's very sad, and we feel for the U Ukrainian people. But at the same time, the American people are suffering from their southern border, and they're not having any monies or any focus there to stop the invasion on our southern border. And they're more concerned about a country that's 6,000 miles away from us. So they've got their priorities upside down. They need to shut down the southern border right now. They're killing our young people with fentanyl. There's drug trafficking. There's sex trafficking. There's uh, terrorists coming across our border. It's uh, affecting the wages of the middle class with cheap labor, and it's got to be shut down. So while we feel for the Ukrainians, you would only hope that the Biden administration would be more serious about closing the southern border, just like Donald Trump did. And until the southern border shuts down, we can't sit around and wait invasion to continue. Otherwise, we won't have a country anymore. All right, headline number one. The WHO declares public health emergency over monkeypox virus. From CNBC, the World Health Organization has activated its highest alert level for the growing monkeypox outbreak declaring the virus a public health emergency of international concern. The rare designation means the WHO now views the outbreak as a significant enough threat to global health that a coordinated international response is needed to prevent the virus from spreading further and potentially escalating into a pandemic. Although the declaration does not impose requirements on national governments, it serves as an urgent call for action. The WHO can only issue guidance and recommendations to its member states, not mandates. Member states are required to report events that pose a threat to global health. 
The UN agency declined last month to declare a global emergency in response to monkeypox, but infections have increased substantially over the past several weeks, pushing WHO Director General Tedros to issue the highest alert. USA Today, UN Health Agency Director General Tedros made the announcement after the WHO's expert committee couldn't reach a consensus on whether to apply the highest level of alert to the virus. Tedros made the decision despite a lack of consensus among experts, calling himself a tiebreaker. It was the first time a UN health agency chief has unilaterally made such a decision without an expert recommendation. Hey, look, we saw what the WHO did during the COVID virus and how their, their ties to China and how they affect the, the nation's uh, health issues. And that's why Trump pulled out of the WHO, because it's so corrupt. And you really wonder what's going on here. Is this just another setup for another lockdown and another pandemic to control the population? I mean, it's just crazy. I mean, he went around the expert's advice. He, he's, it's almost as, as if it's a totalitarian dictatorship coming from the WHO. I mean, uh, he did unilaterally made this decision. Who the hell does he think he is out there making these declarations? Economic World uh, Forum also tried to pass a bill last year making the WHO a authority worldwide in when they pass pandemics that nations have to follow their direction. They have to listen to what they have to say. And this is just uh, craziness. So the WHO has lost all credibility, and uh, there's no reason that they should have this kind of power. This needs to be uh, checked, cross-checked, and make sure that uh, these people are speaking accurate information and not using it for some other purpose. All right, those are your top five headlines now for this Monday, July the 25th. Uh, Hope you have a wonderful start to the new week, and we'll see you tomorrow on the Affirm America podcast. Have a wonderful day. God bless you, and we'll see you then. This is the Affirm America podcast with your host, Marquis Vandemark. And let's never forget, America is great, and we affirm it.